Most of us can relate in one form or another. Maybe not getting fired. Maybe you did the firing. Maybe it had nothing to do with business. Maybe it had something to do with your family. There are a few, sub, there are a few subjects like this one in which all of us can relate in one form or another to getting shafted for lack of a better term. That's the term that I use. And by the way, that truly is a country song. She got, it was a, it's a guy singing it. He's going through a divorce, and he says, she got the gold mine, then I got the shaft. That is a country song. Look it up on the Internet when you get home. But anyway, uh, aside from that, just justifying myself here. Um, this, is, this is a tough issue. It's really easy for me to talk about it here with you right now. But when you're in the heat of that moment, Gosh, you, you, sometimes you feel like you've just been hit, torn apart. Some cases had your, your, your insides just, you know, cut out. And um, that's what I want to talk about just for the few moments we have here this morning because this is a, this is a huge issue and it's one that just, you know, it's funny. I, I'll tell you this real quick. Um, this wasn't in the last time I did this, but uh, the... the um, I have this old computer, this old, old computer that I can't really get anything out of because it's got some stuff wrong with it. And uh, Michael, who can do anything with any computer in the world, he's the guy back there in the, in the sound booth who was also here uh, all night last night, but that's another story. Uh, um, I gave it to him. I said, hey, help me find my stuff. I got some, I got some notes from my journal in here because I keep my journal on, on a computer. I said, help me find some stuff on this stuff. Anyway, I, we, we still got some work to do on but I found one of them, and it was from like 95 or 96. And, and I'm talking about in this journal the name of someone who has just really hurt me in the whole situation. And, and it was kind of general the way I worded it. The whole situation is blown up in my face. I feel horrible. I feel betrayed. I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this or not. Um, yada, yada, yada. And I was reading this, and I'm thinking, who was that? <laughs> I couldn't even remember the person. I couldn't remember the situation. I couldn't remember exactly what happened. But here, because here it is, you know, six or seven or eight years past the fact. And when I'm writing it, I'm just like, I'm just a mess, you know. And then I'm going back, and I can't even remember the situation. Isn't that funny how that works? At the time, at the time, you feel like, oh, I'm never going to get over this. And it may be a marriage thing. It may be a family type thing. It may be a business type situation. God knows it may be a church situation sometimes. Some of us have been through some of those here. Well, they just, I don't know, sometimes that's one of my little beefs with the church. Sometimes people in the church can act pretty unchurchlike, which is why we've tried to just shatter all that and just not even have church church. We just sort of have the unchurch, you know, so to speak. Anyway. Let's get into this, because I want to show you just three movements of thought on this whole thing. Again, no formula for this. Can't give you a formula if I did. If I could, I would in a heartbeat. But I'm going to give you some thoughts to think about and give you some, uh, some passages from the Bible that can help with this. So what do I do? How do I handle this, this deal with getting the shaft in an emotionally healthy way? How do I do that? All right? First thing is this. Just think about this. Focus outward. Focus outward. We're going to talk about focus here a lot. And uh, the first thing is this whole thing of focus outward. And I'm going to give you two thoughts underneath that, and then I'm going to show you some, some neat things in, uh, in the Bible to look at. One is this. If I'm going to focus outward, that means to the people that's around me, the people that are doing this or that are part of this, first thing I need to do is just seek clarification, okay? And the next thing I need to do is, is seek resolution. Now, I get that from this particular passage that you're looking at right here on the screen right now. It comes from Matthew 
chapter 5. Just kind of follow along. If you are standing before the altar in the temple, offering a sacrifice to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Come to terms quickly and with your enemy before it's too late, and you are dragged into court, handed over to an officer, and thrown in jail. I assure you that you won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. So Jesus' advice on these issues is go seek clarification, go seek resolution personally. Now, there's another let me just show you. I'm going to just go through all these very quickly here and get you to see them. Romans 12, verse 18. Do your part. Gosh, this is a great little thing, great little verse. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Aren't you glad he said, do your part? As I have said before, and I will probably say a number of... Some people don't want to live at peace. I don't understand that. Don't want to have anything to do with that, but there are people who don't. And you know what? There is not one stinking thing you can do about it. You do your part, do your best, do your best. Seek peace. If you don't get it, you know, maybe you try again. At some point, though, say, okay, that's it. I've got to move on. Philippians 2, verse 2, goes like this. Then, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one heart and purpose. Look at this. Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Now, there's three different verses. And just stop here for a moment and think on this thought. We talk about focusing outward, seeking clarification, seeking resolution. Notice that these verses, none, nothing here says anything about what if, it's, what if it's their fault? What if it's my fault? What if it's somebody else's fault? You know, the whole, I mean, here's a little mind game I like to play in these situations. And that is this. When you get into these things, um, you have to ask yourself a question. And one is this. And I'm going to talk more about this here again in a moment. But you've got to ask yourself some questions about this. Like, what, what percentage of this is somebody's fault? Somebody else? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Seek clarification. Seek resolution. Sometimes, by God's grace, you will receive that. Sometimes you won't. And that's when you just, you know, I'm going to tell you some other things you can do with that in just a moment when that happens. But that's the first thing. You try to do that. So many times, so many times we have, we have issues over misunderstanding. And when you just sit down and talk with somebody about it, not email, not through somebody else. Email's great and I love it, but you know, sometimes you read people's email and you're thinking, what does he mean by that? I mean, you know, we live in a great age and I love technology and, and all that other, but nothing is a substitute for face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. Nothing beats that still today. And that's what Jesus is saying. Go to, go to your enemy, talk to him. See if you can work out something here. From that Matthew passage, and Philippians says, don't be selfish about it. So first thing, focus outward. Second little thought that I want you to think, see is focus inward. Um, 
In other words, and I just touched on this a moment ago, do some self-examination. Aristotle put it this way, the unexamined life is not worth living. Boy, that's a, that's a great statement. Just, just along those lines, let me, let me um, well, let's, let's look at this. I've got a couple of verses I want you to look at again, and, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, verses 12 and 13, actually. So chosen by God for this new life of love. That's good. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. It's kind of an illustrative version here that I like. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, quiet strength, excuse me, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive, this is good, forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. Just concentrate on that for a moment. Forgive as quickly and as completely as the Master forgave you. You, if you come here very often, um, you've probably heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. Oh, not only because there are people on any given Sunday who are visiting with us, but because I need to be reminded of it and you need to be reminded of it, and that is this. When you look at that last little line, forgive as quickly and as completely as the Master forgave you. You could never sin. Well, I'll use myself. I have no choice but to forgive you no matter what you do. Well, you know, don't go putting me to the test because I'm human. But, but I have no choice but to forgive you for anything you do because you could never, ever sin against me as much as I have Christ. And that's what this verse is saying. And that's what I have to think about. Somebody shafts me and I'm thinking, you jerk. You know, I can do this. Then in about six seconds later, the delay kicks in, and I think, you know what? I've done the same thing to God more than once, and he's forgiven me totally, completely, without condition. Wow. It gives you a whole new lease on life. It gives you a whole new view of forgiveness. Focus inward. I have to forgive, particularly if I'm one of those people who has become a follower of Christ and understands, at least in some degree, the forgiveness that comes through Christ. Romans 12, there's another just little thought about this. Romans 12, 21, don't let evil, this is a good one, don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer evil, but don't be overcome by evil. Um, real, Real quick, let me talk about forgiveness for a moment. Forgiveness... Forgiveness, when we fail to forgive, we become the epitome of the things that hurt us so badly in the first place. You become what your focus is upon. In other words, you can't afford not to forgive. I don't care, not about them. I'm talking about you. You ever talk to a person, had contact with a person who's, who's living with bitterness and unforgiveness? Boy, they are they're miserable wretches. Well, they really are. I mean, that alone ought to teach me in terms of a model of what the forgiveness of Christ can do, not just for me in my relationship with God, but with me in my relationship with others. Boy, that's some good stuff. Uh, determination, let me just say this, determination to not dwell on it, to think on it, or be overcome by it, and thus emulate it. 
You ever, you ever, yeah, I'm sure you have. I, I, I talked with somebody not, not too long ago who just hated, I'm going to use that word, that's not the word they used, uh, their, their, in this case it was their mother. Uh, it's hard to understand, but they did. And, and, and the venom and the bitterness that came out as they would talk about how bad their mother was, the first thought I had was, if she is that bad, you become her. Because that's what happens when we don't forgive. We become the object of this stuff. Can't afford not to. Focus inward. And, you know, and part of that thing, you know, there's, there's some questions that I always ask. Um, when I start focusing inward, and I've had this situation, and I've been through a few of these things, just like anybody, if you've lived very many years, you've been through some of these things, and, 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 and when you really feel like you've gotten shafted, you know, you need to ask yourself some questions. Um, could I have done something differently? Um, if, if there were a percentage meter on this, what percentage of it is my fault? Maybe it's 95% my fault. Maybe it's 5% my fault. Maybe it's 1% my fault. You see, here's the issue. It doesn't matter whether it's 1 or 95 or 99 or 100. I have to deal with my side of that. I can do nothing about them dealing with their stuff. Trust me on this. I know because I've tried. And you can't do it. It's one of the most frustrating things. You try to get, can't you see what you've done? Oh, that was that great little boardroom scene there. I mean, they're just, I mean, that's just typical. And granted, it's a TV show, and granted, it's, uh, some of it is reality, but, but at the same time, you understand. We get like that. Well, no, it's them. No, it's them. Hey, I'm going to own my deal, and I'm going to deal with that between God and with you. And I hope you will, you. But if you don't, I can't do anything about you. I'll pray for you. Ask God to deal with you. But that's all. Um, focus inward. You know, that's the other question you've got to ask yourself. You know, could I have done something differently? Have I forgiven? Have I forgiven? Um, have, have my motives and my, have my attitudes been what they should have been? Just some little things, little rhetorical questions that you can ask yourself. Focus outward, focus inward. Third thing, focus upward. Obviously, this is where, it, this is where as they say, the rubber meets the road. I mean, this is really, this is the, the good stuff. Um, focus upward. Don't be a victim or don't feel sorry for yourself. Um, the guy wrote a book, and he was one of the guys that, that helped start AA. And, and listen to what he says here. This is really good. Self-pity is one of the most unhappy and consuming defects that we know. It is a bar to all spiritual progress and can cut off all effective communication with our fellows because of its inordinate demands for attention and sympathy. Self-pity, terrible thing. Being a victim, terrible thing. Um, one writer put it this way, what poison is to food, this is good, uh, I don't have this for you on PowerPoint, but just listen, what poison is to food, self-pity or victimization is to life. What poison is to food, self-pity is to life. Becoming a victim. Um, there are a lot of reasons why you don't want to be a victim. And let me, phrase, let, me, let me rephrase this. There are a lot of reasons you don't want to think of yourself as a victim. 
Sometimes we are victims, and I understand that. I'm not denying that. But there are a lot of reasons why we don't want to think of ourselves as a victim, because when we do, um, well, you know, a couple of things. First of all, who, who likes to be around a person who's always being, oh, they did this to me. Oh, you know, who likes being around somebody? Nobody wants to be around you, for one thing. Okay? A second thing, um, you substitute opportunities for growth for self, uh, opportunities of growth for self-pity. You start substituting those opportunities that you could grow as an individual, and instead you go inward and you start feeling sorry for yourself. That's a, that's a bad thing. Plus, you're also implying that God, in his power, can't take care of you. And, of course, God can take care of you. And God works some of his greatest miracles sometimes out of hurt and damage and destruction. Next week, we're going to have sort of a, sort of a quasi little dedication thing because it'll be the week before we have our grand opening. And, and one of the things I'm going to do is, uh, is talk a little bit about this building in, in a metaphorical way um, and how that can relate to a life. And how, you know, when we started in here, we just, this place was gutted, everything except that wall, which was built in 1892. Um, but how, and, and it's symbolic. I think it's so cool that we have a symbolic sub, to look at something that can be restored because that's what God does in lives. He takes us and he restores us from some of our worst defeats, some of our worst problems, some of our huge, our, as one kid I heard said, some of our hugest issues, you know, some of our biggest issues. He can take those, turn them around, and use them for incredible, incredible good. But not if I want to continue to be a victim. No place for that. Even if all logic and evidence points to the fact that you were a victim, because it can't happen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to behave like that. So, focus upward. Don't be a victim or don't feel sorry for yourself. And the second part of focusing upward is this, entrust your wrongs to God. This is huge, folks. This is huge. Entrust your wrongs to God. Noah Webster said this, by taking revenge, a man is even with his enemy, but by passing it, he is superior. I like that a lot. Noah Webster, by taking revenge, a man is even with his enemy, but by passing it over, he is superior. It's a good thought. And I want to take you very quickly to this passage in Romans chapter 12, because uh, it just says it all. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. You say, well, what if they deserve it? Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live at peace with everyone as much as possible. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Instead, do what the Scriptures say. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If you're thirsty, give them something to drink, and they'll be ashamed of what they've done to you. And don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. I'm telling you, just that right there is a key to these kinds of situations. I don't have to take revenge. I don't have to worry about that. I serve a God in heaven. If, I have, if I'm one of those people who has trusted Christ, if I've trusted God with my life... I serve, he's going to deal with that. Now, inmate, don't get the wrong idea. That doesn't mean that God's going to rain down fire and brimstone upon that jerk that deserves it. like to see that sometimes, frankly. I haven't really seen that much. A couple times. When I have seen it, you know, I'm such a 
shallow. I, when I have seen it, I go, yeah. And then I catch myself and go, I can't feel that way. God help them, you know. And uh, that's that human response sometimes. Can't do that. Shows shallowness. Shows a lot of stuff. None of which is good. Entrust it to God. You don't have to pay back. This is, this is you know, this is so natural for us. Just in little things, just in conversations. You know, my husband or my wife says something to me that's hurtful. And my response is, I want to come back with something else. And God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Later on, and well, earlier than this, actually, in the book of Proverbs, God, through Solomon, put it this way. He said, a, a harsh answer stirs up wrath. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. A soft answer, a soft answer turns it away. So you don't pay back. You don't have to pay back. First Peter put it this way. First Peter chapter 1, verse 21. The suffering, this suffering is all part of what God has called you to. Christ, who suffered for you, is your example. Follow in his steps. He never sinned and he never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left, here it is, right here. Got it underlined for you. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Have you done that? Have you ever gotten to the point where you said, okay, I'm done. God, I'm done. Here's the case. Here it is. You know the facts. In case you forgot, I'm going to review them for you one more time. (laughs) God doesn't forget, but sometimes it feels good. Just to remind him one more time. They did this. They did this. They did this. I did this. God, take care of it. Sometimes you got to do that. And you just walk away and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. And sometimes you kind of keep wanting to come out. Oh, God, I want to do can't do that. You leave it in God's hands and let him deal with it as he desires. And listen, don't count on him, you know, don't make the mistake of saying, well, God's going to deal with it. And then thinking in your mind, hear how he's going to deal with it. This is going to happen to them and this is going to happen to them. It may not be that way at all. May not be that way at all. Maybe something totally different. Um, there's a movie, an old movie that I really like. It's a Western. Show you how old it is. Steve McQueen was in it, and he was a young man. Ha! So that, and of course, he's dead now. But um, it was about a guy, a cowboy, who, who, who um, was raised in, on a ranch, and his parents were killed by these bad, three really bad people. And this guy spends his life trying to avenge the death of his parents. And he finds the first two guys and just murders them, you know. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I'm showing you a little insight into my entertainment here. This is a good movie. But, um, but he got to the third guy, and it had been several years. And he was, uh, the third guy was just so eaten up with hate and with bitterness. And uh, Steve McQueen got there. Oh, I'm sorry for you young. Steve McQueen used to be an actor, by the way, just... I'm, I, I forget who I'm talking with sometimes. Um, he was a very popular actor, just for the record. But anyway, okay. Now we brought that up to date here. So I, saw, I had some blank stares looking at me like, who in the heck is Steve McQueen? Um, he got to the third guy. And he saw this guy just so eaten up with bitterness and with all kinds of... And he watched him just kind of going every which way and not knowing what he's doing. 
And it was kind of a cool thing because he just looked at him and he didn't say anything to him. The guy didn't know who he was, obviously. And he just turned around and rode away. Because he's, you know, the, the, venge, the vengeful attitude, finally, he began to see this is what I could become. And I want to tell you something, folks. This, there, this, is, this is a basic message. There's no more important message than this for you and I in life and with relationships. This is the kind of stuff that destroys partnerships and business. It's the kind of stuff that drives friends apart. It's the kind of stuff that breaks up marriages, that drives children from parents and parents from children. And God has a better way. Doesn't mean you're always going to understand it, but it means you give your heart and your trust totally to God. That may be, for some of you, that may be a new thing. That may be a beginning of just saying, God, right here and right now, I want to trust you. I want to give, I want to give my life to you. I want to, I want to trust in, in, the, in the fact of knowing that Jesus came and, and died for my sins and lives again to give me eternal life and to give me the ability to forgive by showing me what forgiveness is. And that might be something you might want to take care of right now or later on. You can do that anytime you'd like. For some of us who have done that and trusted Christ, and we are Christ followers, this is something we need to be constantly reminded of and continually revisit. God help me. There's that person. There's that person. There's that person that I won't talk to, which tells me something right there, doesn't it? There's somebody that I won't talk to. I've got a problem. Serious. I didn't say they had to be your best friend. But if I won't talk to them, I got a problem. I may need to deal with that. I may need to say, God, help me to realize your forgiveness so that I can forgive them. And that may be where it needs to take place too. Let's pray together and ask God to, to work in our lives. While we're at it, I'm going to ask the, the band, all of you, to come back up real quick. Lord God, I just, uh, I just ask you to uh, help us think through this. Help us to Many of us are thinking of there's a face or faces probably coming to our, our head right now, Lord. And, and whoever that is, um, help us to, to understand your forgiveness so that we can indeed turn around and exercise that forgiveness on others. Lord, we thank you for that, and I pray for that, and pray for that ability. And for some folks, that may mean a phone call. For some folks, that may mean, uh, may, may mean just a quick conversation with somebody, just to say, I love you and I forgive you, and move on. I don't know. Lord, you, 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 people can deal with their own situations, and I trust that they will with you. So we pray for that, Lord, and we thank you now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.